This week we are talking about Henry Cavill's Superman, director's cuts being all the rage, new video game adaptations, and our first impressions of Space Force, and much more on your herd with nerds. Welcome on into the podcast. I'm Brett. I'm Dorian. And we got some nerd news for you. Whole bunch of it, in fact. Yeah, this this week was not as slow as last week. That is for certain. No, not at all. Uh, so we're talking Henry Cavill. Okay, yeah. so this guy has been in many roles over the last decade. Uh, the most notable being uh, Witcher. Yep. You know, that's probably his, his most recent one. But along those 10 years, basically, he has had one character that he has really dominated, and that's Superman. Right, yeah. No, I think a lot of people know him as Superman and, like, he wasn't even a blip on my radar until uh, he started playing Superman. Right. Yeah. That was definitely his breakout role, I think. Uh, and if you see him in any movie, you're like, oh, that's Superman. Not, oh, that's Henry Cavill. Right. That's, exactly. Yeah. That's Superman. I mean, you know, and for all the criticism that people give Henry Cavill, I mean, the guy looks like Superman. Yeah. He is Superman, essentially. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about rumors in the past of him potentially being tied back into. The, DC. uh, the DCEU, the DC Extended Universe, and yeah. they've come out and pretty much and confirmed the studio has and said, yeah, Henry's coming back. Yeah. Now, that that isn't going to be right away into a Man of Steel 2. That, no. that has not been confirmed. My guess right now is that it's going to be for Shazam 2. That seems like a pretty good fit, seeing how, uh, for starters, that uh, was the Easter egg of Superman at the, at end. the end of uh, yeah. Shazam, but also just the fact that uh, Shazam was initially created as a uh, rival to Superman from a different company. And then DC bought them out yeah, and all that business here. So no, it makes sense. Um, you know, I mean, there's quite a few projects that he could potentially be tied to uh, Aquaman too. Yeah, that uh, could be, that could be one. Um, those are really the only ones I feel like make sense. Uh, I don't even know where Flash is at in production anymore. Right. I mean, I would imagine maybe like there might be something going on with Flash potentially, but I mean, again, we don't even know what the status of that movie is, like other than like uh, what the director said about a couple of months ago that it was going to be happening uh, in 2021, I think, or something. But that yeah. was before COVID. That was before any of the controversy with uh, Ezra Miller happened. So. Hard to say. Yeah, right now. So uh, all we know is he's slated to come back officially. Right. So, uh, and and part of that being, you know, he's been he's been pretty uh, tied to these movies still. Like we talked about this, uh, you know, the Snyder Cut being a thing now mm-hmm. last week. Yeah, uh, and he was a big part of that. He was a big advocate of that, which is sure go for it, buddy. But sure. uh, you know, he it, which which in my mind was like, well, he, I don't think he'd be doing this press and all this stuff if he wasn't still tied to the role. Yeah, like, th- like I guess Ben Affleck still supporting, and he's not Batman anymore. But right, yeah, that we know of. Yeah, I mean, I mean, who knows? I mean, because that's the weird thing is like, I mean, technically, I mean, like all the signs point to Ben Affleck leaving the DCEU. However, the thing is, is like there was never like an official like statement or word just kind of just kind of happened almost for the most part. Like basically he was supposed to be starring in the Batman. It was supposed to be about his bat, uh, his Batman from the DCEU. That's no longer really a, a thing anymore. Yeah. It's Robert Pattinson taking over. So yeah, I mean, 
definitely doesn't seem like he's coming back, but I mean, there's really hasn't been like a complete, like official, like, Hey, I am never returning for any future DC products, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I hate these guys. They can go on without me or some, something along those lines, you know? Yeah. So, uh, let's, the Snyder cut is officially happening. We've talked about that new, more details have come out on that. So, uh, it's going to cost 30 mil yeah, which, to finish this. So that's a movie. Uh, yeah, like a low budget movie. Yeah, but like what? Like thirty million just for a cut of the movie? Like, give me a break. Well, especially considering how like this, like I don't know, like how different or like how much more footage is going to be in the Snyder Cut because, like, is it half the movie? Is it like a third, twenty five percent? Nobody seems to really know for certain I, here. For thirty mil, I feel like it's got to be quite a bit to finish up. Right, and I mean. So, I mean, I guess I could maybe understand, like, post-production stuff and, like, all that. And that's basically what they said is, like, it's not going to be, you know, the cast coming back to do some scenes and, like, you know, uh, re-record dialogue or any of that stuff. I mean, that'd be super, probably super hard to do after, yeah. like, three years. You'd be like, okay, he's he, he lo- looks a little he, different. Yeah, he looks skinnier in this, uh, in this scene than he does in the other scene. But, no, so... So, I mean, there's going to be CGI mostly, I think, and just maybe some uh, touch-ups here and there and maybe, like, some uh, scenes that don't involve the main cast to yeah. help fill in some blanks potentially. But, no, it's a... Uh, yeah, it's it's pr- probably just mostly going to go to towards the CGI just because if you've ever seen a Zack Snyder movie, you'd know... It's all CGI. Yeah, pretty much, like, it's... The whole movie is, like, green screen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, from what I understand, uh, Zack Snyder has confirmed also that Dark Side is going to be a part of this movie. Right, yeah. To what capacity? Who knows? I'll bet you anything he's probably just an Easter egg like at, at the, the very end. end. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of like how Thanos was at the end of the very first Avengers yeah. movie here. And for those of you who don't know who Dark Side is, he's essentially the Thanos of the DC universe. More or less, yeah little different as far as powers and all that but he's like this ultra powerful being that the justice league constantly is fighting right now he's essentially like the he, he serves the same role as thanos just yeah. like for the dc universe but yeah um which i mean so i guess this kind of answers the question of um why this isn't coming out till 2021 is because they still got to do all the post-production stuff and Obviously, I think COVID probably had an issue with that. Like, you know, the whole working from home situation probably slows things down. Yeah. This movie's still going to be garbage. It's I'm, not, I'm, I'm calling it. Well, that's the thing, though. Here's the... So, the, like, I'm trying to think of it in terms of how they're going to make this $30 million plus dollars, like, come back into their wallets. I think it's mostly just a way to, to get, like, people to go to HBO Max and, like, yeah. Who's going who's gonna to pay that to go see HBO Max? I don't know, man. I mean... To be honest, I do not know. Hmm. Well, uh, in related news, David Ayers spoken out and said there's a director's cut of the Suicide Squad as well, and it'd be easy to complete. Probably yeah. another thirty mil. Yeah, who knows? I mean, well, I, he David Ayer, I, I think he did address that whole cost issue about like whether or not it costs like thirty million plus or something like that, and he said no, it's actually. Like all the post production work is pretty much done. It just needs to actually just be re edited here and then just spliced into the movie for the most part. Mm. Which, you know, a lot of, 
I, a lot of what he's talking about, uh, you know, just a couple of examples. So there's like uh, more footage of uh, Jared Leto's Joker, which we've always uh, heard that there was a lot of footage that got cut in some of the best footage, according to Jared Leto, mm-hmm. of that uh, of his Joker being cut. Uh, there was also like a scene where uh, Enchantress uh, mind controls Katana and the, the squad has to fight uh, Katana and uh, just some other scenes from, that were like in the trailer that never made it into the final cut of the movie, I guess. But um, this is kind of interesting just because I always felt like I never really saw enough of Jared Leto's Joker to really like give like a full on impression of like whether or not I really thought he was like good or okay or just bad or something like that. Because I mean, he's like in the movie for like five minutes here. And I mean, what I've seen, I wasn't really impressed by, but it was like, okay, you barely gave me anything to really like judge a whole like character as in depth as the Joker is here, you know? Yeah. I mean, what, what other films has the Joker been in? Well, the Joker, (laughs) No, 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 no. Oh, you're not talking about, that Joker. You're talking about Jared Leto's Jared Joker? Leto's Joker. None. Yeah, so like literally we haven't seen him as Joker. Yeah. Pretty I'm, much, I mean. Pretty much, I mean, no, it's like, it's... Uh, kind of a shame, you know? Well, right, and it's just so weird just, you know, even having Joker in there as like a side character for the most part. I mean, I get that this was probably more or less an attempt to like say, okay, we're just actually just setting up pieces for like you know, a Batman and Joker movie or, you know, Joker to be used further down the line, maybe fighting the Justice League or like Suicide Squad 2 or something yeah. of that nature. But yeah. Yeah, no, I totally think that that's probably the case. But, you know, I hope this isn't the trend that we're going to see in the future where you get crappy movies remade into less crappy ones. Yeah, or even more crappier ones. Or I don't know. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's like... That's their hope is that they're making these crappy movies just a little less crappy. You can't do a whole lot to those movies to make them amazing. Well, it's like it's like asking like I don't know, it's it's like getting kicked in the balls and saying like, hey, could you kick me less hard this next time around? Here, well, it's like it's still gonna suck. Well, and that's the thing too, right now, especially with Suicide Squad and David Ayer, like James Gunn's making Suicide the Suicide Squad, which is essentially a sequel but also a soft reboot. Yeah, soft reboot. So I mean. Yeah, let the past die. Kill it if you have to. Yep. But well, and then yeah, it's not in the show notes, but we were talking about it earlier. Apparently, there is a director's cut of the 2015 Fantastic Four movie that was like apparently I never saw it. I never saw it. But apparently, it was a complete garbage, and people are clamoring for this the the um what you call it the director's cut of that here. Sure, I'm I'm sure they are. Which I mean, it's like okay, it's like. You know, for starters, why? If we're going to get like an actual good, at least I'm thinking we are, Fantastic Four movie from the MCU. Right. In probably the next five to ten years. Mm-hmm. Calm down. Yeah, I think I think what what people want is like, think about this. Like if they did, uh, I'm trying to equate it to something to where I would actually care about it. Sure. Okay. If they redid the, let's say they're going back to the last Airbender. Okay, yeah, the, the but movie. I mean, look, that movie's straight trash. Yeah. Let's say they changed a bunch of stuff because fans were all pissed, and then they they went back and they changed everything I hated about the movie. Yeah. I would be ecstatic. Yeah. Essentially, they ruined a potential six movie. Yeah, franchise, franchise because yeah. after Avatar, you're gonna have Korra live yeah. action. I'm, yeah. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Uh, now we'll probably well we're getting the Netflix series which is super cool and I'm hope I'm hoping they do it right yeah 
Um, not for sure. But you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like something near and dear to your heart that's that was just bad, and you just want it to be good. No, I I, I get that. Uh, I get that sentiment. I mean, yeah, I would say, um, you know, technically, I guess I would want like you know that kind of treatment or that to happen to like BVS and then totally just er- erase basically everything that happened afterwards <sighs> and like actually give us a competent DCEU movie universe that could actually be just as good, if not better than Marvel here, you know? And I would say the DCEU as it stands now currently is way more competent than it was for BBS. No, it it's definitely made some improvements and it's definitely, I think has started to find its stride. I still don't think, um, uh, They've really uh, figured out how to do the interconnected universe stuff just quite yet, just because where they've been having the most success solo is, films, is yeah. the solo films here. You know, Shazam pretty much by and large solo film with the exception of like a reference to Batman and Superman. And then, you know, obvi- the obvious uh, Superman Easter egg at the very end here, but Aquaman by and large solo film, mm-hmm. you know, Wonder Woman, by and large solo film has like maybe one or two references to like, you know, something bigger than just her story here. But yeah. So I think, I think that's honestly, you know, that's what has been working for them. And I think that's probably what they're going to continue to do for a little while until they actually, uh, find, you know, their footing or their ground in terms of like, you know, wanting to do another big team up movie and try to, compete with like you know something along the lines of avengers here right yeah all right moving on we have uh some sonic news mm-hmm. uh sonic the hedgehog 2 is now officially in development and jeff fowler their director is back yeah to helmet uh no other news beyond that but i mean pretty cool like yeah after this is a this is a, a testament to probably something that you know where they they were able they changed the cgi and made it a lot better and now it's getting a sequel because of it yeah no i mean no this if they kept the cgi uh, from the original, uh, from the original uh, trailer and all that here, yeah, there is no way this movie would have been nearly as successful as it was here. No. I mean, it it would be like one of those. Uh, it'd be like the the last Airbender, like you know, one of those movies on like how notoriously bad it is here and all that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, so Solo Two. Yeah. Fans are taking it to Twitter with the hashtag, hashtag make solo to happen. I mean, a lot of fan driven like uh, decisions in movies these days, it seems like here. A lot of petitioning, a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah, and this is, uh, I listened to the the podcast that actually started this hashtag, which was. Oh, really? Yeah, Star Wars uh, Newsnet is the website, but it's the Resistance broadcast. Uh, they started hashtag make solo to happen. How long ago did they start this? Uh, two years ago, I want to say. Oh, really? When a uh, solo ha- so it, happened or whatever? Well, let's see. It's two years of the hashtag, so last year. Okay. Yeah, right. they started it last year. But I think it was before that. I think it was like shortly after we started, the people started realizing they're probably not going to make a sequel. Right, yeah. I think is when they started pushing the envelope of that, but it didn't become a thing until last year when they were around the time of it, of the anniversary of its release, they were pushing this hashtag. Gotcha. And apparently yeah. it blew up this time. Yeah, well, I mean, now that uh, the Snyder Cut's happening, I think this is emboldened people to actually uh, speak up. Speak up, you know, say, "Hey, we got what we wanted over here. Let's see how far we can, how far we can go with this here." Yeah. So we've talked about on this podcast, Solo, pretty decent movie. Yeah, here. Decent I, mean, movie. I mean, I think you like it better than I do here, mm-hmm. and 
I'm not really interested in a sequel. I mean, I would probably be more interested in like a sequel series with like Disney plus here. You know, I think, I think if like you took, uh, the, the solo storyline and just basically kind of like the same kind of creative team or the same way you do with the Mandalorian, it's just solo doing like, you know, jobs across the, the galaxy and like, you know, running into characters and, you know, whatnot. I think that's actually a pretty cool idea for like, you know, a TV show here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but really in all honesty, like the, the thing I really like most about solo is like pretty much the stuff at the end where they bring back Darth Maul. You find out Kira, I think that's her name, right? Yeah. Kira. Um, she's, uh, working with them. And so I, I was more interested in like the setup of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I want to see actually, you know, a movie be made about what those two are doing here more than anything. But personally, I don't think this is going to happen just because this is Disney. Yeah, Disney, Disney is uh, no Warner Brothers here. You know, I mean, you didn't get Last Jedi remade like you petitioned to here. I mean, I think that's a little bit different. Like they're not going to remake a movie. There's no no chance Disney's doing that. Sure, but I think I do think if they make enough noise, uh, and the fans are about it, Solo Two could potentially happen. Like you're saying, Disney Plus. There's a lot of different avenues they could go, and they're yeah. all contracted for multiple movies. Yeah. For, so you know. I'm fine with whatever they do. If they don't, if they don't do it, fine. If they do it, cool. Yeah. But like I said, like you said, you know, have it, have it, really incorporate Kira Mall as part of the series. Obviously, if it's a solo series, you have to have Han and Chewie. You have to, obviously, and, then, and probably have a cameo every now and again from Lando or yep. a Lando episode or something along those yeah. lines. But no, I think here's the thing. I, you know, if we have. Uh, solo come to Disney Plus. I could see that happening. Totally. I, I, I realistically, I can see that happening just because Disney Plus needs to build up its content, and what better way to do that than like having a solo show? That being said, I don't think there's a any chance that it's going to get an actual sequel movie, just because the majority already spoke with their wallet on this movie. It was like the lowest performing uh, Star Wars movie in like recent history here. Yeah. So. No, I think uh, critics wise and, and user wise, it's above a lot of Star Wars movies, though. Yeah, no, it is. But I mean, it's but again, it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, yeah, put your money where your mouth is. Right. Yeah, I mean, totally. You know, the, because at the end of the day, Disney does not care, you know, if the movie has 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes or not. They don't care whether or not. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's much ra- money. rated high on IMDb by the fans. Right. It's, yeah, it's how much money does it actually recruit the cost? Because I mean, obviously, these movies are pretty freaking expensive to make here. Yeah, no kidding. Well, uh, let's move on to something else besides some solo news, since that'll probably not happen. Probably not. No. Uh, something else I don't really care about. Uh, <laughs> Labyrinth two. <laughs> Yeah, Labyrinth 2 is happening whether you ask for it or not, apparently. It's uh, going to be helmed I mean, That's by, the movie with David Bowie, right? Yeah, David Bowie. It's um, That's all I know it from the yeah, cover. I never yeah, saw it. David Bowie, he's got like that weird haircut. I don't even know what you call that. He's got, he's got like ridiculous outfits, and he's like hanging out with puppets and stuff like that. Yeah, Tim yeah. Seabrook kind of movie. Well... Uh, Tim Seabrook actually does not like this movie here. Oh, here, that's that should tell tell you something about it. Yeah. So, 
yeah, so Doctor Strange, uh, director uh, Scott uh, Deckerson will direct it, and it will collab with the Jim Henson Company like it did <laughs> in, in uh, the original. My reaction to this is, why? Like, maybe they heard Space Jam 2 was getting made. Uh, yeah, something like, oh, yeah, we want to get on that train. But, no, it's like, um, as far as I knew, the thing that people liked about that movie, because I've never actually seen it, to be honest with you. Yeah. But the thing that I heard that people liked was David Bowie. You can't have David Bowie anymore here. No. So, how do you go about that? And why would you do? Why would you just make this movie that is honestly just like only has like a cult following? And it's not like, you know, I don't know, like something like uh, making a new Terminator movie or a new Predator movie or something like that. Because, I mean, I can see the logic and the reasoning behind doing that. But right. Versus like something that barely made any mo- mon- uh, money when it came out here, you know? Right. So. Yeah, uh, I have nothing to say about Labyrinth 2, but uh, it kind of reminded me of something I saw a couple, I think it was last week or the week before, I can't remember. We were talking about Space Jam uh, 2, yeah. and apparently it was leaked that Jim Carrey's The Mask was having a cameo in that movie. What, in Space Jam 2? Yeah. Wait, okay, so his actual character from The Mask. Correct, The Mask, like him in The Mask. Why? I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, okay, it's like I guess because like the mask is a pretty like cartoony character, he's like he fit right at home with like the Looney Tune crowd and all that, I guess, but that still doesn't make any sense though. Maybe they're trying to set up a mask return. Oh gosh. Yeah, because Son of the Mask was like uh I never I, saw that. That wasn't with Jim Carrey either. Right, but like but <laughs> that that's another notoriously bad movie, basically. Yeah. That the yeah. original mask was good. Yeah, original mask was great. Yeah, it was pretty much just Jim Carrey with the, a green face being Jim Carrey. Yeah, Jim, and that's what you want is yeah. you want Jim Carrey to be Jim Carrey. Totally. So, all right. Well, uh, let's keep it real. Talking about uh, Christopher Nolan keeping it real. Yeah. Uh, for the Ten Ten movie trailer, uh, the Tenant. Yep. Uh, uh, he so this this came out because. He he likes a mixture of practical effects. You know, you you've seen him do other stuff in, yeah. in other movies. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, they blew up like in the Dark Knight Rises. They they had that uh, body of of the plane. They dropped it basically. Yep, they did. Uh, in the Dark Knight, they blew up like they made like a building. Blew oh, it that's up right. for, yeah. the, for, the, for the hospital. For yeah. the Joker scene. Yeah, for the Joker yeah. scene, and, and, where he's walking away in the nurse's right. outfit. And in Inception, like. They literally made a hallway that moves. That moves yeah. on like these NASA space rings or whatever, these big metal rings. Put the hallway in the middle of that and had it rotate. Yeah. And yeah, just did that. So I mean the guy is all about like, you know, making his movies as realistic as he possibly can without uh using like uh any, you know, trickery or like a cgi or anything of that sort here so they blew up an actual 747 plane during the filmmaking of tenant yeah instead of doing cgi right which but i like the reasoning for it yes it's cost effective which is insane to me like how, how is cgi that expensive i don't know it's like well because like a because he goes on to say like the reason why he's explaining because you can see this scene like at the end of the second yeah. uh tenant trailer the here newest one 
Right. Yeah. And so basically he, uh, told the guy that was interviewing him mm-hmm. that they were originally going to do like miniatures and like, uh, some practice, some like, you know, uh, uh, you know, combination of miniatures, set pieces and CGI to make this scene happen. Yeah. But they ran the numbers and basically landed on, it'd be more efficient to like, just have an airplane run it into a bit bu- like a building mm-hmm. and blow it up here. How does that work? I don't know, man. Uh, uh, it's because uh, there's like, probably not a huge market for decommissioned 747 planes. Right. Yeah. I well, mean, they probably tear them down and use them for scrap well, or re repurpose some parts and stuff. Well, he but. was, he was saying that, um, that like, I guess someplace in California just has like a whole, like, uh, like, hangar bay full of like old uh decommissioned planes and he just impulse bought, bought a plane for for his movie which hey, i'm like okay that's fine that's fine yeah. i mean we we've seen you know companies throw money around pretty frivolous frivolously yes we have yeah 30 mil for justice league come on yeah no but so this guy he's insane yeah but he's a genius he is i mean and i have a working theory that Christopher Nolan hates airplanes because he dest- probably does. He destroyed one in the Dark Knight Rises. Yep. Uh, you know, with the beginning scene with Bane and mm-hmm. all that here. Uh, he also destroyed an actual World War II plane in Dunkirk, mm-hmm. and now the, the latest one is going to be in the Tenet here. So yeah, I just say he's a baller. Yeah. Way to be frugal, Nolan. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, one thing we kind of skipped over. Uh, Born might be coming back. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Born again. Born again. Maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not that kind of born again. Not, <laughs> not a born again Christian. But, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but no. So born coming back again. Okay. So this is literally right after we finished our conversation on on born in our Thursday throwback. So yeah, maybe the producer listens to the show. Probably not. <laughs> nah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So, uh, the producer, Frank Marshall, uh, he produced all the Bourne movies. Apparently he wants to restart the franchise, you know, which is, you know, he wants a soft reboot or reboot, which they've already tried that twice. Mm -hmm. Didn't work. Uh, he wants a new creative team and there's no word if Matt Damon's interested in coming back. He's not, he's not going to come back after Jason Bourne failed, you know, (sighs) I don't know. I honestly, I think they should probably just not do it yeah i mean no like we mentioned i think this is a bad idea uh and you know if you listen to our thursday throwbacks on the jason Bourne, uh you know trilogy because that's all i'm going to consider it as right um you know they already tried tried to reboot this franchise twice one time with jeremy renner and then Mm -hmm. another time by bringing back matt damon as jason Bourne, and it's supposed to be a follow-up to ultimatum here Neither one of those really worked here. So I think best way they could, you know, take the Jason Bourne saga storyline or whatever you want to call it here is they make it a TV show and they make call it Treadstone. Basically introduce new characters, show how Treadstone came to be, uh, give us dope action scenes, call it a day. I mean, I'm not an accomplished writer or anything, but that <laughs> seems like uh yeah. That seems like maybe the best way to go about, like, you know, restarting this franchise, so to speak. Yeah, I think you have to, because I, I believe Jason Bourne was the first recruited to Treadstone. 
I think he was one of the first, but I mean, as we, I mean, it could be a political thriller about you know how how they got basically yeah. the ability to do this. Yeah, uh, it could also be cool if it's set more in the future and they bring something like Treadstone back. Right. Yeah. And Jason's maybe in a different role or I don't like know. yeah, you might get like a Matt Damon cameo maybe. Yeah. Maybe like. But essentially, at the end that's of supposed it. to be what Jeremy Renner was doing. But it but it, they had like some pills and stuff, and I remember yeah. where they were like got super abilities. Well, and then Edward Norton was like the villain or yeah, something. Yeah, it was yeah. really odd. But no, I mean, I think. Uh, you know, if you focus like on like, you know, hey, like all the Treadstone agents that we kind of got a glimpse of in like identity and like even a little bit in uh, supremacy and all that. I think that could be interesting. And like you could see like, you know, kind of like what more of like what Treadstone is and what it does on a day to day operation basis and all that versus like, you know, just trying to kill Jason Bourne all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that could be good. I yeah. think that's the only way that would probably work, too. Um, let's see, uh, for those of you, so we're going to talk about some, uh, video games that are being adapted in a TV series potentially. Potentially. Yeah. So we got my friend Pedro. Yeah. So, which we've recommended on this show before, it, like, uh, if you own a switch or I don't know what it's all on, I think it might be on PS4 now, but, uh, but you know, if you're looking for like a good, you know, 2d, uh, action shooter game that you can slow down time. I mean, this is your jam. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so my friend Pedro, uh, basically long story short, it's about a guy who, uh, gets a, uh, who wakes up like in a warehouse or like, you know, like a mafia warehouse or something like that. And, you know, there's a talking floating banana that guides you, uh, through this warehouse and like through a bunch of different, like, uh, scenarios. And basically, he teaches you how to slow down time. Yep. And it's kind of like, I'd say like the highway scene from like the first Deadpool movie mixed in with John Wick. That's kind of like what the, I would describe the action yeah, totally. to be totally. in this game. And it's really zanny over the top. Like there's one point where you get like a skateboard and you have a shotgun and you're skateboarding around shotgunning people and stuff. Okay. But, uh, but basically, but the reason why we're talking about this is the creator of the John Wick movies, Derek Kolstad, he said that he is interested in making an adaptation for t- uh, TV for my friend, my friend Pedro. Yeah. And he said it's on his pitch list. Like he's actually serious about making it. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, that'd be that'd be fun to do. But I don't think I'll ever do it or something like yeah. that. But. Honestly, if this was to happen, I think this is the guy to do it because I mean John Wick is definitely like like uh definitely uh has like uh uh is I think like pretty similar to like my friend Pedro in terms of like just being these big action scenes and all that. And I mean it's if it's like a wacky stylistic over the top John Wick, I might be interested in that here. I mean True. who knows if like everybody else will be, but yeah. Yeah. Will this work? Probably not, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens there. All right, so uh, in other uh, video games, turning into TV shows, Kingdom Hearts on Disney Plus. Yeah, so, yeah, so, which is like, I guess it's like almost, but just confirmed that this right. is actually happening. But, but we're treating it as rumor and speculation for right now. But mm-hmm. this news is coming from IGN, uh, and they are, you know, for now addressing it as rumor. Yeah. Um, but Disney was rumored to be making a show themselves 
uh, for Disney Plus. But now I guess they're getting caught up in different projects, so they're going to be handing off the reins to Square Enix here. That's an interesting move. It is, yeah. Taking, being like, I understand the opposite because Disney's such a established company. Well, it's also like one that really like guards. Uh, they don't let people use their characters. Not well. I mean, yeah, yeah. Typically, I mean, they did do it for Kingdom Hearts here, and that's like, well, yeah. But I mean, there's, but they, but they definitely like give them like restrictions on like what they can do with their characters in Kingdom Hearts here. Totally. Yeah. But for a TV series, I think it's a little different. Yeah. Well, exactly. And well, especially considering how here's the thing. Kingdom Hearts is uh very, I think it's a very like a, it's not like something that appeals to like, just like, you know, like just every Disney fan per se. I think no, this yeah. is something that you have to be both a fan of like, probably like the anime side of things and also the Disney side of things. And yeah. not to mention like, I've never played any of these games, but it's it's been labeled as the most convoluted, confusing storyline in video game history here. And so it's kind of it's kind of surprising that they want to make a show about this unless like they're really going to like dumb down a lot of things for like the well, ca- casual audience. Yeah, I mean, as a kid, I didn't pay that close attention to the storyline. Yeah, just- I just wanted to fight with Aladdin on my on my team. And- yeah mess people up yeah which i mean hey i mean if that's all the show is cool yeah if aladdin shows up to fight yeah with sora and donald and goofy yeah like home run yeah i mean yeah. they they like every episode could be just them teaming up with a different yeah. character oh yeah just going to like the different like uh disney worlds yeah. or whatever here or whatever you want to call it but yeah i mean no i i, I could see that like having an appeal but it's like if they get into like all the like convoluted storyline stuff. I mean, like maybe kingdom hearts fans, like the diehard guys yeah. might really, you know, to tune in. But I think for like a platform like Disney plus that is, you know, kind of supposed to just be appealing to like, you know, mostly kids, families, you know, you typically want to keep your content pretty simple and straightforward. here. Yeah. Yeah. I really feel like this could probably be a hit for them. Uh, unfortunately after kingdom hearts three, I don't think they'll do a good job with it. Probably not, but we'll see. We will see. Well, that's it for our nerd news. We're going to head into our round table review. Why? Because we actually have something to review this week. Yeah. And it's not clone wars and it's not clone wars, <laughs> but it does deal with space. So, you know, yeah. that's the next best thing. All right, Dorian, what do we got? So space force came out. Uh, you know, new Netflix comedy starring Steve Carell and also created by Steve Carell and Greg Daniels, mm-hmm. uh, both of which, you know, office fame. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, first impressions so far, just for me, I've only watched about two episodes, maybe two and a half episodes. And I got to say, as far as I can tell right now, the writing is not as clever as in the office. I would say nowhere like nowhere near as clever for no. the most part. At least it doesn't have that rapid fire consistency. Like where every couple of minutes there will be something like, okay, actually genuinely funny going on here. Right. Um, I think there are some good character dynamics. I like Steve Carell's characters. It's, it's just fun to see in Steve Carell as a grizzled, uh, 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 military general here and all that. He's, he, I think, I think he's, uh, it's kind of funny doing that. He's kind of also a science denier. Like he's never listening to his science team, which is also, uh, leads to some pretty funny moments. Um, and you know, Ben Schwartz's character, I think it's pretty funny. There's also like a, uh, essentially like a 
pretty obvious Russian spy that's uh, working with him. That's also dating his daughter at the same time. And yeah. All that. So, I mean, you know, you got some pretty good character dynamics. I feel like there's overall, there's like a lot of pieces in there that make this, that could make this show good. I just don't think that they're there yet or they haven't really executed it properly. And just so that everybody is kind of aware, if you're expecting this to be like, you know, other like, like, you know, along the lines of like other Greg Daniel projects, like parks and rec and the office, this isn't it. This is like completely different, uh, brand of humor, brand Mm -hmm. of comedy, all that. Yeah. I was just going to say, you know, Greg Daniels is essentially the godfather of comedy for this generation. Like, Probably, yeah. Uh, someone who worked on The Simpsons, someone who, you know, uh, King of the Hill, mm-hmm. uh, and then you got Office, Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Like, all those series were bangers for the times, you know, like, yeah. Simpsons are still around. Yeah, which is, still blows my mind. Yeah. They're like, what, like 30 seasons now? Dude, I Some, don't even something know. ridiculous like that? But anyway, like, this guy created two of my favorite shows, you know? Yeah. And so uh, I watched episode one. Uh, I'm, I'm, there's, I think there's nine more. There's ten total. I think. Yeah, I think ten total. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But I know first first impressions for me. Uh, I think it has potential. It has a few kind of flashy moments of comedy. Yeah. Uh, but it's not a comedy at at its heart. I feel like this is more of a drama, like a dramedy, like a drama that has comedy in it. Yeah. Uh, now the situations like, uh. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a, we're not going to go into super deep spoilers or anything like that, but basically, you know, there's situations you're put into where you're just like, like you said, this is a completely different form of comedy than we're used to. Mm-hmm. Now, does it incorporate some of that quick humored comedy that Parks and Rec in the Office have? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it's minimal. It's, it's very, yeah. it's very, it's very quick and it's, it's not a continuing joke. Um, now, there are a couple continuing jokes in this, but it more has to do with, uh, you know, Steve's character. It's not necessarily, uh, I don't know. There, there's, I mean, obviously it's only episode one Yeah, that I've watched. I don't know if it gets better. We'll probably have more information for you. Cause I'm guessing over this next week, we'll probably finish the season and maybe do a review on that. Yeah. Um, but I think right now, like if I had to rate it out of five stars, I'd probably give it like two and a half to three. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if I if I just have expected different things. Like, well, I, mean, I think when you hear Steve Carell and Greg Daniels, you go, "This movie, this is show better be hilarious." Well, I mean, you know, that's the thing is like they've struck gold together before. Here, you kind of expect Greg that. Daniels has struck gold his whole career, right? Almost. Right, but I'm just saying, like the that combination before has struck gold with the office here. I, I mean, maybe I, their times run out. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, but I mean, it's it's like when you are. When you are like, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, striking gold your whole career, you expect like, okay, yeah, get, give me the next thing here, you know? Right. And this is was a no-brainer for Netflix, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, yeah. And, and w- one thing I do want to kind of get into is like, as far as I can tell for right now, it's like, I feel like this, this, uh, this show did not have to like, you know, go with like the tvma rating that it got i think you could have totally got away with like uh you know like the pg-13 yeah. uh, crowd or audience and it would and you probably would have been able to draw more people in here but because there's not a whole lot of cursing other than there's like two or three f-words i think yeah there's not a whole lot of cursing but i mean i felt like okay so like why was this like even rated tvma i could have felt like 
you could like just either bleeped it or you could even like uh, done it because I don't really think it really adds anything to it here. It's like if you're going to do it, uh, like make it like actually add something to like what you're actually trying to accomplish here. Right. But Yeah, I don't know, man. I think that uh, it could be more of a Netflix thing than like a Greg Daniels and uh, Carell thing maybe because I mean Netflix pretty much like. 90% of their originals are like, you know, TVMA for the most Yeah, part. I think it's just a ra- I don't I don't think it like there's a lot of stuff on like Gotham's TVMA on it, on Netflix. Is it? Yeah. Really? Don't know why. It's TVMA cuz there's blood and gore is what they say. Okay. Cuz okay. me and my wife started actually watching that. Okay. Um cuz there's nothing to watch right now, but uh yeah, I don't know. I I'm really hoping it turns around. Yeah. Uh I think there's too much talent on this show for it to fail. And if it does, then holy moly. Yeah. We're we're screwed as a as a country when it comes for comedy. Because you got literally, okay, let's go over the cast real quick. You got Steve Carell. Ben Schwartz. You got ben Schwartz, aka John Ralphio, aka Sonic, aka yeah. The Greatest Human That Ever Lived. Pretty much. Uh yeah, you have John Malkovich. Yeah. You have uh uh what's his name? That plays his dad. Oh, I don't know. Is it Fred? No, it's... Uh, I don't know. He's he's like in a ton of comedies. Okay. Anyway, uh, then you have uh, uh, Jimmy O. Yang, who's a stand-up comedian uh, who plays the scientist. Okay, yeah. And then uh, all the generals and admirals of like the different... Uh, yeah, branches. They're all like huge comedians. Yeah, so I mean, you know, and that's the thing is like... This could just be like, you know, something that is like, you know, a good idea, mm-hmm. just executed poorly here. And I mean, you know, I hope they get a season two just so they can, can learn like, from season yeah. one. Well, I mean, Cause and, look, look, uh, look at most season ones for shows. Yeah. They're not great. Yeah. I mean, no, Parks and Rec, like I would definitely say is like a prime example of that. Like even the office. Well, I actually did like the first season of the office. It was super short, but I actually thought like the episodes that they had were actually pretty good. But like Parks and Rec, like I remember like saying like, okay, like, I don't know if I really want to like actually get into the show just because like these episodes, they're not really that funny or that great. And it's not until like, Maybe around like the middle of season two, that show starts picking up. But yeah, and it became one of my favorite shows. So who knows? That could be the situation with it. I mean, sometimes, yeah, shows just need to kind of get an idea, get their footing a little bit better. But it's like, it's just odd to me that, you know, you have people who, yeah, like a lot of talent. You have people who, you know, for the most part, know what they're doing. Yeah. So it's kind of odd that they wouldn't be like, you know, Hitting it off right out the gate here. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens, I guess. I guess we will. Well, I guess that's it for our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Uh, You know, uh, we have some news, I guess, as far as our Thursday throwback. Yep. It's going to be... it's gonna be a little bit of a project. It's gonna be a project, so you know we're not. I'm not saying it's gonna come out this week because honestly, I don't know. <laughs> but what we're gonna be going over the the first season of, the, of Avatar: The Last Airbender, which yep. is pretty, which has been pretty fun for me. Yeah. Um. So be looking for that in the near future. Um. And you know, just have an awesome week and remember, everyone's a nerd about something.